0: Okay, uh, as you know, we are looking uh, this week at the miracles of Jesus. Last week, Morris was leading us through the teachings of Jesus. This week, the miracles of Jesus. And today, it's the healing of the man born blind uh, in John chapter 9. It starts by saying, one day Jesus saw a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Strange question, I think. If the man was blind because of his own sin or the sin of his parents? But if he was blind at birth, how could he have sinned to cause it? It seems a a strange question. The Jews thought that birth defects were a curse from God, and such people were forbidden to enter the temple or the synagogue Unless they had wealthy relatives, they usually begged on the street and depended on the generosity of others to give them food or money. Jesus answered their question by saying the man's blindness was not the result of specific sin. Of course, all defects and all imperfections in people are the result of original sin in the Garden of Eden, uh, when God cursed the whole of creation, but not specific sin. This man had not done anything. He was born blind. And Jesus says, it, it's not as a result of sin, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We see that with people like Joni Erickson, don't we? Uh, had an accident and, and was paralyzed most of her life, and and God did wonderful things through her because she had faith in the Lord Jesus, and other people were influenced by her and found grace through her.
1: Then Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world.
0: In John chapter 6, you might remember that Jesus had said, I am the bread of life. And now he says, I am the light of the world. You'll remember that when Moses encountered God at the burning bush, he asked God his name and God replied, this is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. From that time, the name of God was considered to be too sacred to even speak. So the Israelites and even today, the modern Jews, use another Hebrew word for God's name. And that's Adonai, the name for Lord or Master, instead of the alternative usually pronounced Yahweh. But Jesus used the unspeakable name of God, I Am, which would have been regarded as blasphemy by the religious leaders if they had heard. But Jesus only said this to his disciples. After saying this, Jesus did a strange thing, strange to us anyway. He spat on the ground and made some mud with the dust and put it on the man's eyes. Then he told the man to go to the pool of Siloam and wash his eyes in the water there. So the man went and washed and returned with his sight restored. He had faith to do what Jesus had told him to do. But perhaps there was quite a bit of irritation in his eyes as well. Maybe that was why why Jesus decided to do this healing in this way. He didn't have to uh, put mud in people's eyes to heal them. He could just say the word and it would be done. The Jews believed that people afflicted with blindness could be cured in some circumstances using ointments.
1: But not if they were blind from birth because it would require an act of creation. Acts of creation are needed to repair congenital defects, and only God could do that.
0: There was nothing magical about the mud Jesus used, and he may have wanted the people to remember the first man, Adam, was made by God from the dust of the earth, thus linking his power to restore the man's sight with the power of the creator God. Some of the man's neighbors came into the picture at this point and disputed the identity of the man who had been blind. But he insisted that he was the blind man who used to beg for alms in the street until Jesus restored his sight. When they asked where Jesus was, then he didn't know, because, of course, uh, he was blind when Jesus left, so he hadn't seen Jesus. In order to remember who he was or where he went, the neighbors brought the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, which was normal practice when someone had supposedly performed one of two special healing miracles, i.e., healing a leper or healing a man born blind, because the Pharisees taught that only Messiah would be able to perform those miracles. So they needed to investigate the circumstances of how the man's sight was restored and if he really was born blind in order to determine if Jesus really was the Messiah. Apparently this happened often where the Pharisees would investigate healings because everybody was looking for the Messiah. So they asked the man how he received his sight and how Jesus had done it. They also called the man's parents to substantiate his claim, to have been born blind, and they agreed. They had to be careful what they said, as the Pharisees had already decided that anyone acknowledging Jesus as the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. And that means excommunicated. So the man's parents deflected the question by telling the Pharisees to ask their son, as he was old enough to speak for himself.
1: The Pharisees called the man again and asked him to tell the truth, as they knew Jesus was a sinner. The man
0: said, I don't know if Jesus is a sinner, but one thing I do know, I was
1: blind, but now I see. Now, we haven't been blind, so physically blind,
0: but we have been spiritually blind in the past, before we met Jesus, Before we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we were spiritually blind. So we could say, like this blind man, really. I was blind, but now I see. The Pharisees asked again about the process of him receiving his sight, and the man became irritated, as he had already told them how Jesus had restored his sight. The man asked them if they wanted to become Jesus' disciples too. A hint of sarcasm, I think. He knew they didn't want to become his disciples. The Pharisees became angry and hurled insults at the man and said they didn't even know where Jesus came from. The man retorted, now that is remarkable. You're the learned national leaders of our country and our religion. And yet you don't know where he comes from. And yet he opened my eyes. And he went on to say, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. See, this hadn't happened before. This was the first. If this man were not from God, the man said he could do nothing. The Pharisees said, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare
1: you lecture us? And they threw him out. Wonderful people, many of these Pharisees. And I'm being sarcastic when I say that. Jesus had shone
0: physical light into a blind man's world in order to validate his right to shine spiritual and moral light. Jesus heard the Pharisees had thrown him out and went to find him. He asked if the man believed in the Son of Man. The man asked Jesus to tell him who that was, And he would believe in him if Jesus told him who it was. Jesus said it was him, the man talking to him, and the man said, Lord, I believe. He had received a sight he had never seen before at all in his life. And now, after doing what Jesus said, he could see everything. He could see the wonders of God's creation all around him. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. He worshipped Jesus because Jesus had changed his world
1: and his life. He could now worship God in the Jerusalem temple. He couldn't do that before. When
0: the Pharisees realized Jesus had healed the blind man on the Sabbath, some of them said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the
1: Sabbath. But others said, how can a sinner performed such signs. So they were divided. Some
0: of the Pharisees thought he was from God and some didn't. Jesus often argued with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. In Matthew chapter 23, we read, Jesus said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin the things we grow in the garden to to flavor our food but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the
1: latter without neglecting the former. And then he calls them, you blind guides. Everybody thought that this, this man was blind he wasn't anymore, but the Pharisees were blind. Jesus said, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel.
0: An expression I'm sure everybody was used to in those days. The Pharisees showed no mercy or compassion to the man born blind. They were just interested in keeping the rules, especially about the Sabbath. See how different Jesus was to this.
1: He came especially to the man born blind to heal him. Have you ever met a blind person? Up close, I mean, not just past them the other end of a street. One of the wonderful things about being blind, if I can put it that way, ...is that when you're
0: deprived of one of the senses, the others become more heightened. And that's true of blind people. They, they tend to have much
1: better hearing, and they tend to have a much better smell and sense of touch. Some of you may have heard of the blind pianist, Peter Jackson. Bill probably
0: has, being a pianist. He wasn't born blind, but he contracted measles when he was very young and lost his sight as a result. He came to faith in Jesus Christ and became a famous evangelist, as well as a pianist. He came to our church in South Wales to preach. And in the services, he would ask people to call out the names of pieces of classical music or or even modern music, even jazz, he loved jazz, and then he stood up and played a medley of all of them. He was an amazing pianist, but also an amazing evangelist, all from memory. He did have Braille Bible, Bibles, so he, he could read his Bible without even looking at it, but, but his sermons were all from memory. He offered to tune pianos, so he came to our house and I thought I would have to hold his hand and point out where the piano was. Uh, No such case. He asked me to stay in the doorway, keep out of his way, so he didn't trip over me and just watch him. He disassembled our piano in seconds, literally seconds, and then tuned it until it sounded brand new.
1: He'd never seen a sunset, nor his wife's face, Yet I never heard him complain once. He loved the Lord
0: and was grateful for the fact that his sins were forgiven. And he challenged us as a church to reach out to the blind and the partially sighted in our town. We did. And we set up a monthly Saturday church meeting for them. They loved to sing hymns. And we gave them a really nice afternoon tea and visited some of them in their homes. As we were able to at other times. Then we set up a talking newspaper where several of us were recorded reading articles of news from the local newspaper and we included a brief sermon. They really appreciated it, that people were taking an interest in them, whereas normally
1: the blind and the partially sighted are avoided by everyone.